Comrade 35 by Jeffrey Deaver Read by Tom Weiner Tuesday To be summoned to the highest floor of GRU headquarters in Moscow made you immediately question your future. Several fates might await. One was that you had been identified as a counter-revolutionary or a lackey of the bourgeoisie imperialists, in which case your next address would likely be a gulag, which were still highly fashionable even now in the early 1960s, despite First Secretary and Premier Khrushchev's enthusiastic denunciation of Comrade Stalin. Another possibility was that you had been identified as a double agent, a mole within the GRU, not proven to be one, mind you, simply suspected of being one. Your fate in that situation was far simpler and quicker than a transcontinental train ride, a bullet in the back of the head, a means of execution the GRU had originated as a preferred form of execution, though the rival KGB had co-opted and taken credit for the technique. With these troubling thoughts in mind, and his army posture well in evidence, Major Mikhail Sergeyevich Kavarin strode toward the office to which he'd been summoned. The tall man was broad-shouldered, columnar. He hulked rather than walked. The Glono Razbedivatelno Aprobleni was the spy wing of the Soviet armed forces. Nearly every senior GRU agent, including Kavarin, had fought the Nazis one meter at a time on the Western Front, where illness and cold and the enemy had quickly taken the weak and indecisive. Only the most resilient had survived. Nothing calls like war. Kavarin walked with a slight limp courtesy of a piece of shrapnel or a fragment of bullet in his thigh, an intentional gift from a German or an inadvertent one from a fellow soldier. He neither knew nor cared. The trek from his present office at the British desk downstairs was taking some time. GRU headquarters was massive, as befitted the largest spy organization in Russia and, rumors were, the world. Gavrin stepped into the anti-office of his superior, nodded at the aide-de-camp, who said the general would see him in a minute. He sat and lit a cigarette. He saw his reflection in a nearby glass-covered poster of Lenin. The Communist Party founder's lean appearance was in marked contrast to Kavarin's. He thought himself a bit squat of face, a bit jowly. The comrade major's thick black hair was another difference, in sharp contrast to Lenin's shiny pate. And while the Communist revolutionary and first premier of the Soviet Union had a goatee that gave him, with those fierce eyes, a demonic appearance. Kavrin was clean-shaven, and his eyes, under drooping lids, were the essence of calm. A deep pull on the cigarette. The taste was sour, and he absently swatted away glowing flecks of cheap tobacco that catapulted from the end. He longed for better, but couldn't spend the time to queue endlessly for the good Russian brands, and he couldn't afford the Western smokes on the black market. When the cigarette was half-smoked, he stubbed it out and wrapped the remainder in a handkerchief, then slipped that into his brown uniform jacket. He thought of the executions he'd witnessed, and participated in, often a last cigarette for the prisoner. He wondered if he'd just had his. Of course, there was yet another fate that might await, having been summoned to this lofty floor of headquarters. Perhaps he was being rewarded. The comrade general, speaking for the chairman of the GRU, or even the Presidium itself, 
the all-powerful Politburo, could be recognizing him for furthering the ideals of communism and the glory of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, in which case he would receive not a slug from a Makarov pistol, but a medal or commendation, or perhaps a new rank, though not, of course, a raise in pay. Then, however, his busy mind, his spy's mind, came up with another negative possibility. The KGB had orchestrated a transgression to get him demoted or even ousted. The Soviet civilian spy outfit and the GRU hated each other. The KGB referred to their military counterparts contemptuously as boots because of the uniforms they wore in their official capacity. The GRU looked at the KGB as a group of effete elitists who trolled for turncoats among the Western intelligentsia, men who could quote Marx from their days at Harvard or Cambridge, but who never lived up to their promise of delivering nuclear secrets or rocket fuel formulas.